Welcome to the first episode of the Insider Podcast. I'm your host, James Slane, and I'm delighted to announce that our very first guest is a good friend of mine, Mr. Emmett Brennan. Emmett is an elite Irish boxing champion. He's number one in Ireland at 81 kilograms, that's light heavyweight, and he's on track to securing his place as an Olympian. So far, he's had uh, one fight in his Olympic qualifiers. He fought gentleman from Bosnia, stopped him in the second round, great fight, uh, but unfortunately uh, the qualifiers have been postponed due to COVID-19, so I hope you really enjoy me and Emmett's chat, we touch on all things boxing, uh, what makes Emmett so disciplined, what motivates him, um, and also kind of how he plans his week, it's, it's, it's a really interesting chat and gives a good insight into the mindset of an elite athlete. Hope you enjoy it, folks. What's up, people? It's James from Insider Health here. Um, so today we've got the first episode of the Insider podcast. And our first guest is Mr. Emmett Brennan, future Olympian and two-time Irish elite national boxing champion. So, Emmett, thanks for joining me, mate. No problem, James. Appreciate it. No um appreciate you taking the time um to do this interview so look what what i suppose i get started with is like is there anything that you would like to discuss or talk about on this are you happy for me to, to crack yeah, on with the questions we'll talk about life everything health and boxing yeah yeah definitely so like look obviously boxing is a huge thing for you you've done you've done it all your life but yeah the time point of how you originally got into it like your early life and how you stopped it at some stage as well yeah so i was 10 when i first uh, started boxing I started mm-hmm. in saint savers on that street um so i was big into football and um, before i started boxing and i think i was playing a match one day and I got into a fight or something along that line. I got into a fight and basically couldn't defend myself and started crying. Mm. Um, During the match? No, it was after the match mm. at half time. I forget, I was, was with someone off my own team. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't defend myself. And my father is very good friends with Jimmy Halton, who's my coach now. Mm-hmm. And he was like, why don't we go bring you down to the boxing club? He tried to get me into it before, but it was just. I was mad in the football, that's all I wanted to know. Yeah. Um, so eventually I went down to St. Savers, mm-hmm. started boxing. I was 10 years old and it just, it just was like an addiction. Yeah. I couldn't, couldn't get enough of it. So I sort of balanced the boxing and the football until I was maybe about 14. Um, and then I, got, I think I got a shoulder injury when I was 14, through boxing. Mm-hmm. I had to, had to give ball them for maybe a month or two mm-hmm. and then we just never really went back to the football. Back to the football. Stayed with the boxing. So how long, I suppose, you started when you were 10. How long did you do the boxing straight for? How many years? I've done the straight for maybe 12, 13 years. And that, that's very yeah. impressive because boxing will have quite a high drop off, right? Like, you know, a lot of people drop off in their mid-teens as well. So Yeah, the likes when you get to 17, 18 yeah. and your friends are going out drinking. Now, we're still... I did do that. I suppose boxing probably took a small dip when you got to 17, 18. Mm-hmm. I was still training a lot, but as most 17, 18 year olds do, we get a little bit distracted. Of course, yeah. Um, so you done it straight through about 22, 23? 22, 23, and then 
I suppose when I was 18, came out of school, we were banging in a recession. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't much work. Yeah. I, went, I think I walked in, I walked in my father's job for maybe three or four months. What, we, what were you doing? It was a refrigeration company. So I was just walking on a line in, in the production unit, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, kept, kept boxing while I was doing that. But as I said, we had deep in recessions like 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. Then I went to college to study fitness, still boxing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Came out of that, couldn't, like I never really walked full time, so yeah. training wasn't a problem for me. Yeah. And then I came out of college 23, maybe. Again, we were still in the session, there wasn't yeah. much jobs going, but I managed to get a job down quite fitting. And I suppose that's when boxing took the decline. Yeah. I was walking seven o'clock, seven to maybe. Mm. Seven to five, seven to six every day, and then train on top of it. Yeah, and, and how did you cope with that? Like I said, that, that took a, a big toll on your mind and your body, did it? Yeah, it was just like, I don't know, like 16 hour days yeah. every day, and then I was probably walking on a Saturday as well. Yeah. And as a four year apprentice, it was kind of like 250 quid per yeah. week's weights. Um, so I grew up at six, go to walk at seven, get the train home from work, go straight to training. I probably don't get home till nine, half nine. Yeah, so it's a serious. It was just, it was too much on the on the body yeah. and on the mind. Mm. And then I suppose on top of that, I was going out on the weekends. Yeah. So it was just. It was alright. Yeah, the body was just didn't know what was hitting. Yeah. There was no rest, no recovery, um, and and then pipe fitting is it's a tough job. You're yeah. Pipes all day. You're a forty year apprentice. You're carrying their trades, man. It's, Hills around, so yeah, the body just couldn't hack it. Yeah, and like with that sort of week, obviously you're probably mentally and physically drained. Like, did, did injuries stem from this, or yeah, your performance and so dipped from twenty one to twenty five. Mm. I'd say I spent maybe two years that injured. Really? Yeah, probably two years yeah. injured, and all different injuries. It wasn't just one neocord injury. It was back injuries, hand injuries, shoulder injuries, leg injuries, rib injury. Yeah. Um, again, that's down to not having the proper recovery. Yeah. I suppose the weekends, I should have been looking after my body, but mm-hmm. I wasn't mature enough. I was, You're at a certain yeah, age. I was born and I was born and Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so. And was there a certain point where you said to yourself, right, I'm going to have to knock one of these on the head, I'm going to have to go for it, be quite fit, and I'm going to have to... A while going to raise my boxing. Yeah, well, I suppose I was, I was 25. Mm-hmm. I'd quit boxing maybe for a year before that. Um, yeah. Everything just got too much. It was the war. Like, at 25, you had to bring in the weights. Of course, um, yeah. And then trying to train on top of it. 2006, 2006 Olympics came around. I wasn't boxing for it. Mm-hmm. And about, I think maybe about, Two months before the Olympics, it says, Do you know what? I'm gonna go back and give it one last shot. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not for the 2016 Olympics, but mm-hmm. just to see how far I went. Um, and I boxed in the Harringay tournaments, obviously 2016. Mm-hmm. I was only back boxing maybe eight weeks, yeah, and I won that, yeah. So I said, Do you know what? I'll give this a good shot for the next four years. Boy, man, somehow he injured his hand in mm-hmm. the last fight, so he ended up injured again. Yeah. three months I was back to square one back walking training and drinking yeah 
Um, so that led me to about October and the elites. So 2017 elites would have been in January of mm-hmm. 2017. I was doing me phase six for plumbing. So my last college phase. So I had a little bit extra time. Yeah. I said, you know what? I'll get this one last shot. If I win the elites, I got full time boxing. Mm-hmm. And I won it. Yeah. And then so 2017 So you had a bit of an epiphany like just before the 2016 Olympics, and then would it be potentially winning the Haringey Cup that stemmed you on to really go for it? Yeah, I suppose like we had a little bit of success at 2021. Actually, for the first 10 years, I never won them all. Yeah, I got beaten in the finals all the way through, mm-hmm. all the way up the years, and then 20, I won my first All Ireland, 21, I won my second one. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Four or five years ago, winning. And do you think there's any reason for that? Or? Yeah, lifestyle. Yeah. Um, probably self belief on top of it. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't entering tournaments to win them. It was just entering them to fight. Yeah. I never really had the ambition or the mindset that I'm not going to be beaten in this tournament. Yeah. And I suppose in 2017, going into the elites, nobody was going to beat me. No. It was just a change in mindset, a change in lifestyle. Yeah. And the walk though. Yeah. So, like, I suppose fast forward a couple of years, you're, you're arguably in the peak. Yeah. Peak physique so of your life. 29 now, so it should be mm. in the peak peak of my career. Yeah. Um, again, what's helped me to get here is lifestyle. Yeah. I've changed. I still, I still go out and enjoy myself. Oh, yeah. Time, yeah. But I know when to do and when not to do. And, and do you think that would boil down to discipline? Yeah, this yeah. so if I'm in fight mode and now I have a tournament coming up for twelve weeks, I'll just shut out from yeah. the real world. Yeah. I'll do my training, I recover right, I get on top of my nutrition, hydration, mm-hmm. um, and just all guns blazing for fighting. Yeah. So uh, as I said, like you you you've had a an extremely successful career the last couple of years. So like what would a normal week look like for you? These days, in terms of obviously your flat out training on the Irish team, you've, you've, you've won your first fight, which you know, one more, and are guaranteed to go into the Olympics. Um, so, as I said, yeah, in terms of diet, training. So, right now, I'm back walking full time as well and training on top of it. So, what I do on a Sunday, we know what days, I obviously know what days we walk for the week and what days I have trained. So, we'll have to plan that out on Sunday. Yeah. Say if I'm walking seven to two on the Monday, training at seven that night, I know exactly I'll have that in my calendar. Mm-hmm. And then whatever free time I have in between, I can do my study, yeah. cook my meals, whatever. Yeah. And that'll just go on throughout the week. Mm-hmm. So it's just about planning at the start of the week so you don't, no one gets on top of you. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 100%. And like in terms of, of diet, like obviously, I know you, you originally would have been about 75 kilos, then you booked it to 81. Yeah. So, what was your diet look like these days? Yeah, so a 75 was just too big for the weight. Um, so, I boxed a 75 for most of my other life, and I thought I could still make it. Mm-hmm. But realistically, I was just taken away from performance. Yeah. Um, so, I made the decision to move up to 81 kilos, mm-hmm. which was the best decision I made. Yeah. I can eat more. Um, my hydration levels are better, my sleep is better, 
lifestyle is better. Mm-hmm. Everything is just improved massively. So basically, daily eating for me would be wake up, but now we have porridge for breakfast, cup of coffee, glass of water, fruit, mm-hmm. and a bit of Greek yogurt. Yeah. Then for lunch, we just have toast, eggs, bacon, and a little veg. Yeah. Then dinner would be one sauce of protein, so it's gonna be fish, chicken, steak. Change it up. Change it up, yeah. yeah. So you know, I eat the same thing every day. Yeah. And then same thing, sauce of carbs, mm-hmm. rice, pasta, potatoes, yeah. and then fill the plate with veg. Yeah. And, and then evening, I'll have granola and yogurt. Yeah. So just something similar every day, and it's another thing that I don't have to worry about. Exactly. So yeah. we know what I'm gonna be eating. Yeah. It's simple to make, 15 minutes. Yeah. And they're done. Yeah. Just, I suppose, if you do have a, a heavy schedule, you don't need anything that's going to take up extra time. 100%. Yeah. So totally we agree. know what I mean. It's easy to make. Mm. That's that, yeah. yeah. And, and when it comes to training, like, what sort of split would you do? Would you do box one day, strength conditioning, all that day? Or yeah, so if I'm, obviously, at the moment, going to make some work and boxing, so... Mm-hmm. Coming up to championships, I'll be full time boxing. So, yeah. my week will look like but normally on a Sunday, I'll always take a rest day. Yeah. Um, and how important is that rest day? Yeah, well, that's everything. As we said, like, the only journal for the week. Yeah. So, just basically setting myself up for the week. Mm-hmm. And the previous six days, I'm after probably put my body through torture. Yeah. If I don't give me, myself that proper rest and recovery, we maybe the first two weeks you might be alright, but week three, four, five, six, you're gonna feel burnt out mm-hmm. and you will start getting niggles mm-hmm. and potentially you're gonna end up injured. Yeah. Which in turn is gonna take away from your performance. 100%. Yeah. So at least one day rest and recovery is vital. Yeah. That anyone that wants to go far in any sport. Yeah. You can't go on the can like both ends. No, exactly. Yeah. Um yeah, but back to your week, so I'll take a rest day on Sunday. Monday I'll do one session, I'd normally be in my boxing club, so I'll go down, I'll do pads with Jimmy and Philip. Yeah. And you're um, in the Docklands. I'm in the Docklands, yeah. yeah. So I'll go down and I'll do pads with them. It won't be a crazy session. Um, I'll go down and do me one, maybe three rounds pads with Philip, three rounds pads with Jimmy. A little bit of a cool down, a little bit of mobility at home. Mm-hmm. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I mean, on Abbottstown with the National yeah. Town. Mm-hmm. So it's an intense week. Normally, normally the morning sessions we will do boxing. Mm-hmm. So it'll either be bag walk, pad walk, um, skill of combat, which is like, it's like sparring, but you're more working on drills. Mm-hmm. Kind of like skills sparring. Like skills sparring yeah. with a bit of a higher intensity. Yeah. So it'll be, like skills firing with with the intensity of sparring, yeah. But the purpose is learned, yeah. Um, and then in the evening we we'll either do strength, so we we'll probably do strength on the Tuesday and Thursday evening. Mm-hmm. And and what do you do that with the Irish team? Obviously, yeah, with the Irish team. Okay. At the moment, obviously I'm mixing them with walk. I don't have the time to be up there to do it. Yeah. So I'm doing my own strength, mm-hmm. but. Second, I go back full time, I'll be up there. Yeah. So, strength, listen, the facilities out there are unreal. Yeah. Um, the training out there, the coaches out there is unreal. So, yeah. you don't need for anything. Mm-hmm. 
um, they have everything in place and you just follow the plan. Yeah. And then we'll do one running on a Wednesday. And then on a Saturday, I'll do my own session back yeah. in the club. So it seems like you have an extremely busy week in terms of training. Yeah, well, you're talking about 10, 10 sessions. Yeah. And then your mobility sessions on top of that. Yeah, which take up a lot of time as well. Take up a lot of time, but that's back to rest and recovery. If I'm yeah. not giving me muscles and my joints proper care, mm-hmm. it's going to come back and break. And would you argue that like recovery and mobility is equally as important as training? Well, for me, definitely, because... I spent so much years injured. Yeah. Um, I never really, when I was spending them years uh, injured, rest, recovery, mobility, they weren't even in my mindset. Yeah. They weren't in my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, huge mm-hmm. part. And, and obviously, with that really busy week, would you get a chance to wind down or relax during the week, or would you leave all that till Sunday till you're rested? Yeah, well, so. Again, everything's gone through cold at the moment, so oh, everything's completely different. Right now, my schedule is 100%. It's intense. Mm-hmm. But when I, I'll just go off when I'm back full time training, what normal it was like. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we train at 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. The second session is, is at 4. So we have like five hours in between where we rest. Yeah. Get ready for the next session, let the body recover. Yeah. So, like, just kind of going back to, you know, it's, it sounded like you're, obviously, you're always, always extremely disciplined when it came to sport, because mm. you stuck out boxing for the guts of 12 to 13 years straight, like, and then, as I said, you're in kind of the peak of your career now, you know, you're the Irish champion. What advice would you have for, not anybody, not necessarily an athlete or a boxer, but that's struggling with motivation or discipline? Because it seems like that it's, as I said, you've always had it, but it's really starting to pay dividends to you now, uh, kind of the later stage of your career. Yeah, well, what I would say is be um, be mindful of it. So, like what I do on the Sunday, I'll join what I'm doing for the week. Mm-hmm. That's making a conscious decision that I have this to do at a certain time. Yeah. The week is well planned out, so if it's just going off the top of my head, more than likely I'm not going to be as productive mm-hmm. as I would be if I planned it. So keep a journal. Keep a journal. Plan what you're doing for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, if, if you want to change, like, you're not going to do it like, unconsciously. You have to make a conscious yeah. decision. Small steps. Going, yeah, small steps. You're not going to take off the world in a day. Yeah. You said small steps. Start off with something small. Keep yeah. on building. Yeah. Um, just build good, small habits. Yeah. Like it might be just waking up an hour earlier. Yeah. Say so if you can't get out of bed in the morning, set your alarm at seven, count to five and grow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's the toughest part yeah. of the day getting out of bed. Build another small little habits like that. Start to get breakfast off with porridge or something rather yeah. than skipping the meal. Yeah. And then just keep building, building, building small habits. Yeah. Over time, they'll count. Yeah, now 100%. And like, you mentioned there kind of like small little habits will, will kind of get you to where you want to be. Do you think the results that you've seen have also helped them out? They just sort of, you know, winning the Harringay Cup, winning the elites twice. Yeah, so they obviously, obviously you're trying to be successful. You don't cost trying to lose. Um, and that's suppose with the Irish team, like the goal is to be an Olympian. Mm-hmm. And if you're not winning your national tournament, and I thought so, so obviously they, they do spoil you on. Um, 
And although we have had relatively decent success, mm-hmm. um, there's been a lot more downpoints than there has mm-hmm. as ups. Yeah. So we've probably been number two for the best part of the South Olympic cycle. We haven't become number one in Ireland. Number two at your way? At my way. Yeah. So I haven't been sent. The first, well, I went to the 2017 European Championships. But that was at the very, very start of the Olympics. So that was like, Ukraine, was it? That was Ukraine. It was like three years out. So yeah. that, although the cycle has started, it hasn't reached its full potential. It hasn't like really, really took off. So then you had last year, 2019, there was the European Games, mm-hmm. which are based on the European Olympics. And there's the World Championships. I didn't get sent in either then. Mm-hmm. So... Normally, what you think is the dream is over. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of resilience to actually believe in yourself that now it's not over. I can do this. So I suppose I took more motivation from being number two. Yeah. I let that be fueled to the fire. Yeah. And basically, took off from there. Yeah. And like, would you say that that would be like a, a key motivator for you, as in? The, the fact that you were number two, that you weren't picked to go to these mm. um, championships or games, that that was like, that, that would be a big well, motivator. Yeah, it was a motivator, but the motivation for me is the Olympics. Yeah. So neither of them championships were, were a qualifier for the Olympics. So mm-hmm. in my head, like, look, you can just lie to yourself, you can play tricks and then win. Mm-hmm. I just said to myself, they actually don't matter. Yeah. It's, the only one that matters is the European qualifiers. Mm-hmm. So I just had to get myself in the best position to get picked for them. Well, I knew a national championship for Poland. Yeah. So I just had to put on a good performance and win the national championships, which I did. Yeah. So so at the moment, the Olympics is obviously the key motivator for you. Um, would it be right in saying maybe in 2017, 18, 19, that the elites were a main motivator for you? You wanted to win them? Yeah, because you have to either get to the final or win the elites to grant the national team. Yeah, so it was always to get onto the national team yeah, or the, the, the last four or five years. Yeah, to grant the national team. I suppose like in 2017, when I won the first, um, when I fought, won my first nationals, I, I had won a fight in the elites before that. I've entered the three times mm-hmm. and got beaten all three times in my first fight. Mm-hmm. So, there's no chance we get off the national team. Yeah. It's that far behind. Yeah. And then obviously the change of mindset in 2017 got me foot in the door. Yeah. I've just been fighting ever since. And when you, when you say change of mindset? Change of mindset would be entering competitions to win them, not to compete. Yeah. I've always, as I said before 2017, I'd be I'll be drinking maybe eight weeks before a fight, mm-hmm. maybe even six, five weeks before a fight. Mm-hmm. And I realized you're not a kid anymore. Yeah. And that, I suppose, goes back to all the little things. Wake up early, do your warm up right before training, train correctly, do your kill down after training, go to bed early, stay on top of your nutrition, stay on top of your hydration. Yeah. So I mastered all them little things and successful yeah. all night. Yeah, and it's the only things that a lot of people want to do. Yeah. Just to get you where you want to be essentially, isn't it? Oh, so you've 
Like, if you're fighting someone and they're taking chocolates and you're not, mm-hmm. the likelihood is when things get tough, you're going to come out on top. That kind of brings me to my next point. Obviously, you, you do everything in your power to be prepared for a fight or a mm-hmm. competition. Like, would you be nervous then before a fight? Because, like, because you're like, there's probably nothing else I could have done. Yeah, no, it's quite the opposite. Yeah. So if I wasn't prepared going into a fight, um, I'd say I would be nervous. But I actually haven't got... I haven't got nervous going into a fight in probably four or five years. Yeah. I don't, like, wherever it is, I don't get nervous. And did you use it? When I was a kid, I got nervous. But when I got 18, 19, I never... I don't know what it is. I don't get nervous. I've always been laid back. Yeah. Um, I don't get nervous. I suppose I would have used to be nervous that I was going to burn out or I wasn't fit enough. Mm-hmm. But I was never really, I was never nervous of actually going into a fight. Yeah. But now I know that I'm 100% committed to the process. Yeah. Nerves don't really come into it. Because like, if you've done everything correct, there's not really much more you can do, but I perform. Yeah. That's going to take care of itself anyway. That's like, it's instinct. Yeah. For you, you make decisions in split seconds. Yeah. It's not something you think about. Yeah. And then in the last five years, what was your toughest fight? Toughest fight in the last five years? Win, lose, or draw. Yeah, I suppose it's probably been a few. So 2017, the semi finals. I was winning the first round, boy, handy-ish. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say handy, it was close for you, but I was yeah. winning. Then about 30 seconds to go in the last round, I got dropped. Yeah. Big, big hill go over the top, I think it was. Um, and I suppose I just had to dig deep for the rest of the fight. I think game plan went out the window. It was more back to fight than instinct. Yeah. But I'd done everything right, coming up to the competition, and that obviously pay dividends because I managed yeah, to hang on in. Yeah, I was in the autopilot. I won the fight. Um, very, very tough fight, but I won. Yeah. So that would have been tough, and I won that, I suppose. Last year, I fought in Ukraine. My last fight at 75. Yeah. Um, so I used to make 75. Fight, I'd be 78 going out of the ring. Mm-hmm. A little streak here, way in the next one, fight again. Mm-hmm. So that happened all I was ready to catch on the oh, body, was, just, was it? It was on the mind as well. Yeah. Like you can't see dehydrated. You can't eat. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have to train on top of it to lose the weight and then you have to get in and perform. So we fought over in Ukraine. I won my first two fights and then the third fight, I got dropped again. Yeah. Got out of the ring and I was devastated. Yeah. I, was, I never, I, I would cry out before if I got beaten, but yeah. I was hysterically crying yeah. I couldn't I couldn't come to grips with it for me in that moment I thought the Olympic dreams probably over yeah. I'm saying I can't make the weight anymore I was dead at the weight and in hindsight it was a blessing in disguise yeah. probably the best thing that happened to me a week after that I moved up to 81 and it was because of that fight was it? because of the fight well it's sort of known in my head before that the weight is getting too much yeah but then after that, I just made a decision to go. Yeah. And as I said, I haven't looked back. Yeah. So it seems like you really adapted to that setback, which brings me to my next question. Like, how would you normally deal with setbacks either in personal life, in your professional life? Or... Yeah, well, it's 
as life goes on, yeah, the setback is only one moment in time, yeah. And in boxing, um, you're gonna have to deal with it. Boxing's yeah. an only sport, that's yeah, all it's, like, a yeah, isn't sport. It? it's a roller coaster, it's up and down, up yeah. and down. Um, and you just have to deal with it. Even in life, you're gonna have setbacks, at least one big setback a year, yeah. If you don't learn to deal with that, take off your life, yeah, basically for the rest of your life, yeah. So you have to deal with the way I deal there with setbacks is training, yeah, exercise. Uh, would acceptance be one? Like I think, as you said, they're gonna have probably a big setback. Yeah, so, yeah that sounds like you've accepted that that's gonna come. Well, it is gonna come, yeah. and it's how you deal with it. You can either sit back, let it take over your life, be unhappy, or you can go out and find something. I don't know, like if you have a setback in your personal life, mm-hmm. most people are probably gonna sit around, cry, yeah. be unhappy. But if you have something out there that will actually make let you take your mind off and maybe yeah. for an hour or two. Walk towards something like yeah. towards something. And I think it's important as well, like to as you said, walk towards something, but to have goals, like you obviously got the Olympics. That's something you're working towards, but for, for anybody else who would be listening, I think it's important to have some sort of personal goals. Is it be it sport? Yeah, well, on top of obviously on top of the boxing I'm in college at the moment. Yeah. So that's a personal goal of mine. Yeah. Back to when I was 20, 21, 22. I went and done a PLC, but I wasn't mature enough or I didn't have the mindset to go off and get a degree. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, it's come back and point me now because I have to juggle on top of boxing. Yeah. But as a personal goal of mine, I, I found something that I enjoy in strength and conditioning. And I, after boxing, I probably do want to walk in that area. Yeah. So I have to go out and get a degree. It's yeah. not easy. No. But that's a personal goal outside of boxing. Yeah. And again, weirdly enough, that's an outlet for me when things get tough. Yeah. Because I know. I'm doing something that I enjoy so yeah. I can go off and do a bit of study. Yeah, and, and Wolfie, what age did you realise that you were into the strength and conditioning and the sports on it? Well, I was always into it, but I just, as I just said there, I was never mature enough. Um, a lot of my earlier years would have been partying, and I just, I was never great in school, so I always thought if I went to college, I was wasting time, I was going to struggle. Mm-hmm. And then I suppose I walk in the gym, but I want to walk with athletes, so I knew strength conditioning was the way to go. Yeah, so when it seems like, you know, in a downtime, you do, um, you know, a lot of college work, which you find. It's like an out for you. Essentially, you're walking towards your personal goal, as you mentioned earlier on. Is there anything else you do to, to wind down, relax, or anything like that? Yeah, so I suppose recently I took up reading. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I took up uh, reading recently. Um, again, just half an hour before bed, it's just trying to get into a habit of dealing constantly, which is hard. Yeah. Um, back to what I was looking at school, I couldn't concentrate. Um, but yeah, so we started reading and um, more through like sports psychology, books that help perform. Yeah. That just try to give me another insight into the mind. Yeah. And into helping them perform. And, and is there any books in particular you swear by or you go to? Yeah. Uh, so 
probably the first book I read, and probably the only book that I read twice is uh, Health Champions. Thing oh, yeah, by Dr. Bob Rotella. Mm. And it's mostly about golf, but he also does work with entrepreneurs, businessmen, actors. He yeah. works with basically everyone that wants to improve, um, improve their performance. Yeah. And it's just talking about the process of the process of he talks about building good habits like with golf is he's talking about like a pre-match routine or yeah. pre pre-swing routine. I just found that very good book. Yeah. Um book that I'm reading now is Atomic Habits. Oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So basically it's just about building good habits. Yeah. What we were talking about earlier guys start off small. Yeah. I'm gonna take over the world in a day. Yeah. So just building small habits that's gonna create a better lifestyle for yourself. Yeah. Which have taken good things about that book. Yeah. So would they be a probably top two? They be the top two. The Hell Champions thing that's for me that was a great book. Yeah. What he talks about in, in the end of it is the process to performance. Yeah. So if you build if you do the process and that's back to doing everything right mm-hmm. so planning your week eating right staying on top of your hydration training right sleeping right all the small things that when you add them up together become this big huge thing if you follow that process the performance should take care of itself yeah and even if it doesn't take care of itself, and for instance, you lose, you know there wasn't much more I could have done. Yeah. And on that day, well, it just wasn't good enough for performing that. Yeah. And the proof seems to be in the pudding with that. Obviously, as you said yourself, yeah. it's, it's so like if we go into tournaments and I do get beaten, obviously you're heartbroken. Oh, nobody trains to get beaten. But. If I wasn't training right, I have an excuse, and that's the reason. But if I've given it everything, I have no reason. Yeah. Like when I was fighting at 75, sorry, when I was fighting at 75 kilos, I always had a reason for a bad performance mm-hmm. or an excuse, whatever you want to call it. And that was always making weight. Yeah. But at 81, I have no excuse. Yeah. Unless I don't follow the process. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. Mm-hmm. And looking, in terms of quotes, is there any sort of quote you'd live your life by or you tell yourself every day? Well, I got this quote off you, actually. Good friend, <laughs> yeah. good friend of mine, James Slade, so we all recycle. And what's you, you say there? It was smooth sea never it's made a skill sailor. Smooth sea never made a skill sailor, yeah. So, yeah, that's a quote that we go off. Um, it actually makes sense. It does, doesn't it? It does make sense. So the has been some horrible days out there, pissing rain, yeah. very windy, and we went and had yeah. a hotel. So we are, yeah, we go swim, uh, we go cycling a lot, obviously, and uh, if there's bad weather, yeah. obviously the first thing that comes up, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, I'll give this a miss tonight. Might be raining tomorrow. No, I'll give it a miss tomorrow. Yeah, but we could go boy and have gone out and boy. Exactly. But just by saying something, something small like that to yourself, it's it, a does, it does work. Yeah. And then I suppose everything for me goes back to boxing. Yeah. We really have a little bit of a laugh saying that quote, but I wouldn't be the fighter or the person that I am now if I didn't have all that, 
I take hardship and the bad times that I've had over the last few years. Yeah, I probably wouldn't be in the position that I am about to go to the Olympics now if I did not show all them tough times. Oh. Because no matter two but three years, the Olympic dreams probably gone. Yeah, and I could have easily given up. And the resilience got to show it. The resilience got to show. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Someone say never made a skill set. Yeah, well, I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> off, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, and then look, just kind of before we wrap this up, obviously I want to talk to you a little bit about the Olympics. Mm. Um, so COVID, never a good time for anything like that, but especially not for yourself. You're mm. in the shape, your life coming up to the Olympic qualifiers. Your first fight was against the first fight was against Bosnia, Bosnia. Bosnia. and you stopped them in the I second round. In the second round, yeah, yeah. Um, like uh, any performance, yeah, and any international tournament. You don't expect to stop anyone. Yeah. That's never the goal. The goal is only to win. Yeah. We came for a game plan with the coaches um, and just walked walked very well. Yeah. Seeing in the first round, he was very negative. So it was hard to catch him to the head because he was always like two steps away. Mm-hmm. Normally in a fight, you'd be standing in front of each other and there'd be maybe a meter between. So you can engage, you can try counter attack, you can try set up uh, traps. But with this fella, I just couldn't do it. He was so negative. I don't think he actually came to win. I just think he got sent over. I don't know. But yeah. he was he was always two metres away. He was always out of... Basically, I couldn't hit him because he was too far away. So we, we switched it up and we went to the body. Yeah. I knew on the first round I'd hold him once I was going to the body. And then the second round I just got him. Yeah. I think it was a straight backhand to the body and he went down. He didn't really want to be, be there after that. And when you dropped him, did you know that was it? Yeah, well, I, I just went, I, I thought he was going to go back to that negative two metres away. So I said, I'm going to go straight back to the body so he see where it gets me. And he just went. Mm. And how did you feel after that fight? Um, I suppose it was, we went back to it. We were talking about earlier, do I get nervous? I don't get nervous, but after that fight, after that fight, it did feel like there was a lock on on the shoulders. Yeah. It felt like ran forces out of the way. Let's get ready for the next one. Yeah. I was, I was still focused. It was only one fight. Yeah. So we always still take one fight at a time. You don't awesome. look too far ahead. Mm-hmm. And it's just basically getting ready for Switzerland on the next fight. Yeah. And then, obviously, COVID hit. Yeah, COVID hit. Um, it was the fight on Paddy's Day, I think. Yeah, it was the fight on Paddy's Day. So the first fight was on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then I was actually trained on the Monday just to get the last little bit of weight off. It wasn't much, but it was just a training session. We were on the way back to the hotel and the, the bus driver was a bit of a mess. He was, he was from London. He said, oh, he's like, I'm home tomorrow. And, that's, yeah. and I was like, ah, I thought he was winding us up anyway. Went back to the hotel and yeah. It's true, we are going back. Yeah. So fight was off. Back to Dublin. So that was March the 17th, it was Paddy's Day. And we only went back training last week, July. And, and how did it make you feel being told it was off? At the time, I was still focused, so I was probably a bit naive. I didn't understand the full circumstances of COVID and what was about to come. So in my head, I thought we are going home, but Maybe the competition's going to go ahead in three weeks, four weeks, because I still thought the Olympics were going ahead. Mm-hmm. So I came home, had the quarantine, was in my room for two weeks. 
was that was like once a day for now. So in that hour, I either trained, I went on a walk because I wanted to stay raise a chef yeah. in case I got the call to get back mm-hmm. for competition. But three or four weeks went by, the Olympics were cancelled or postponed till next year, and it was just deflation. Yeah. It's good. And look, once again, it's another setback. Yeah, yeah. how did you deal with that? It's another setback. And I suppose ideal where we trained, yeah. it was me out we were stuck in the house, we were during lockdown. I just trained every day, my motivation was sky high. And then as the weeks went, the motivation gradually dipped, dipped and dipped. Mm-hmm. So probably mid-summer where I wasn't trained as much. Yeah. But now we're back with the Irish team, the plan is in place, I'm motivated again. Yeah, motivated more than ever. Yeah, motivated more than ever. Like, I suppose, I've given so much to try to get to where I am. I don't make money out of the sport. I do it all off my own back. Obviously, I have people that do help me. Yeah. Um, so it'd be stupid to just give them last three or four years up. Cost, yeah. Or else I can use that again as fuel to the fire yeah. and drive on to next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Well, look, Emmett, really appreciate the time. No problem. Thanks a million for it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. And look, everyone, you can follow Emmett's Olympic journey on Instagram. Your name is Emmett Brennan. Emmett Brennan, yeah. Yeah. Check him out. Give him a follow and uh, check out his journey. Thanks for listening, people. Thanks. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Inside Our Podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. We would really appreciate if you could email or DM us podcast topics you would like to hear and also guest suggestions. As always, you can find all of our products on our website, www.insiderhealth.ie and on our Instagram, at InsiderHealth. Our products include CBD oils and BAMs, CB12 dental products. We have a large range of vitamins, minerals and supplements and also rehydrating skin BAMs. So please do check it out. Also, if you have any queries or requests, be sure to email us at info at insiderhealth.ie or alternatively you can dm us on our instagram at insider health